The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Ladies and gentlemen, if you did not pay attention this weekend, I got the internet mad by, (laughs) I don't even know how to put it, by basically begging the Vikings to take Anthony Richardson after a generational type workout at the NFL Scouting Combine. What does that mean? Can you really impact your draft stock that much by simply working out in Under Armour? You can. And I'll explain why. We're also going to talk Eric Kendricks, the salary cap, what other moves could be coming, give you a little free agent primer. Along with that, we're also going to do a mock draft. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website, publisher of Substack Run and Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungy on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a member of Climbing the Pocket. You heard it. We are live, and we are here to have a little fun. We've already got Mary and My Worthless Opinion, who I will say, his opinion is not worthless. My name is Tyler Fornitz. With me always in the top right corner is producer Dave. We here are rowing the boat. I've got I've got my, my new hoodie. I love these Unreal hoodies. i got to call them about a sponsorship of the show because I, I've already gotten three within the last couple months, and I love them. Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. It's nice and toasty here down in Austin, Texas. And football news is a flying. Yes, it is. We found out earlier today. In fact, within the last hour, Seattle is giving Geno Smith a three-year, $105 million extension, $52 million in the first year. That What that means is Geno Smith is going to pocket $52 million this calendar year. Now, as far as how they work through the salary cap is what it is. But it likely means that they're going to be out on a quarterback in the first round. And that could be good for the Vikings, and that's kind of what we're going to transition to earlier today. I got the internet mad because I'm going to be honest. Like I've put in a lot of work, and I have done a lot of scouting reports. I've written articles, and I watch a lot of college football for my job. And I believe Anthony Richardson has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. I think his ceiling is generational-type quarterback. And I... That is somebody I want the Vikings to take a chance on. You know what? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if you want to find that guy, that guy who can take you places, who can elevate this team just by, you know what? I'm just going to kill him today. I'm just, I'm going to go win this game. 
that killer instinct, that mentality, that type of ability, you have to take a chance to find it. And I think Anthony Richardson's that guy. Um, now, you're going to hear a lot of people be like, oh, his accuracy was only 53.9% last year. Here's the thing. And we're going to talk. use this point to go into our combine discussion, Dave. Stats are great. The context behind the stats mean more than the stats themselves. Why was that accuracy the way it was? Like, Hendon Hooker had a 66% accuracy. You know why people aren't talking about him as much? Because he played in a gimmicky offense that basically gave him wide-open receivers and screens all the time. It's always the why that means more. It's like in math class. When I was in algebra in eighth grade, I could do everything in my head. I, I have an IQ of like 150. I never learned how to study because my brain just can process all of it. And that's not me bragging. It's I never had to show work because it was all right here. My math teacher hated me. She didn't actually hate me. But she hated the work I turned in because I never showed any work. I'm like, I don't need to. I do it all up here. She's like, well, that's half of it. Like, you you get the right answers, but you have to show your work. And that's kind of what this is. Like, you can have the answer. Oh, 53.9%. But if you don't tell me why it's that way and how you got there and the reasons behind it, I can't take you seriously. Now, it, it's always the context of why. You have to show your work as to why and be able to explain what's going on in order for it to actually make sense, in order for your argument to be valid. And I'm not saying all of you need to go out and watch the ungodly amounts of tape that I do. That, that's not it. But you can find the answer within like 15, 20 short minutes. You don't have to. Like There are resources out there for you to learn this stuff. And that's what's so cool about today's modern age of YouTube social media if you genuinely want to find the real answers you can it's out there for you and it's going to be free of charge i've written stuff multiple other people have written stuff there are youtube videos on players that you can be like okay i don't know how to watch tape that's okay other people do and they're they'll be willing to walk you through it one person that i highly recommend you go subscribe to his patreon is luke braun host of lockdown vikings good friend of mine good friend of the show he does a great job of breaking things down in detail on video and telling you why he, he talks about football. Like he is a professor and it's, it helps people learn so much and it, he doesn't talk down to you. He tells you, Oh, you see his feet. Then he'll rewind it and show you the feet like three times. Be like, you see how it's this heels kind of click there. Well, that's bad. And here's why it's bad. And this is what happens because of it. He is telling you what X, Y, and Z all mean in that algebra equation. And then, hey, there's your answer. The ball goes sky high. It sails over the receiver. You can find those answers. It's never as simple as this is his completion percentage. It's never that simple. And that's why when we have these conversations about these individuals, that's why you need more data. You need context. And... Dave, go ahead. It sounds like you have something you want to say. <clears throat> PFF tries to adjust for it. They have an adjusted passer rating um, or completion percentage rating. And when we're talking Anthony Richardson, that jumps up to over 64% completions on their numbers because they are looking at, one, 
you know, when it comes to completions, there's a partner in that. The wide receiver, an obvious one. Did the wide receiver have, did he catch it, right? Um, Is it within the realm of the wide receiver to catch it? How is it placed to him? What's the circumstances? Is uh, the quarterback got a low completion percentage because he's constantly got defenders in his face? There's all sorts of things that play into it. It's a tapestry. It all has to work together right to be higher. And if you don't look at some of those things, like you're talking about on the tape, and Luke Braun is outstanding at it. He's not the he's not the only one. Our own Nick Olson is great at it too. Um, mm-hmm. You can find those things, and you can see them and go, "Oh, now that's cool." You can also spot some of the things that a coach may help with. And everybody's got to remember, we hired a QB, former quarterback, to be our head coach. He's going to be able to identify and help coach those things. And, you know, just complaining about, well, it's only 53%. Well, you know, back in the day when he only ran the ball, you didn't have high percentages either. But that didn't mean the quarterback couldn't throw. It's a lot of stuff goes into it. Yeah, a lot of stuff does go into it. And let's kind of transition because, look, I I could talk about Anthony Richardson all day. I love him. Um, If if you can tell above my head, that is the swamp. Um, I'm a big Florida Gator fan, but it's not about being a fan. It's about being an analyst and being able to decipher. Like, there there are like five Florida prospects. I, I don't even want the Vikings to touch. It's about trying to identify traits, trying to identify abilities, and identify, will this guy be great? in the National Football League. And I think that Anthony Richardson has a really, really good chance of doing so. And one of the reasons why, he had a generational performance at the Combine. You've never heard of relative athletic score. It was invented by Kentley Platt of Pro Football Network. Basically, what he does is he takes every testing metric, and then he has a database, and he breaks it down into a percentile. So if I'm a six foot six quarterback, then I'm going to be in like the 99th percentile because there are not a lot of really, really tall quarterbacks. I would be in that percentile. Therefore, my score would be in that upper echelon. The, the higher you test in those percentiles and in, in those different metrics, the three cone, the short shuttle, the 40 yard dash, the vertical jump, the broad jump, the bench press, height and weight, all those things come together. Hand size. And, yep, and they give you a score. Now, Dave, I know it's kind of mid-show. If you can pull up the tweet um, that I had, uh, I believe it was on Saturday, where it's there's it's Dante Culpepper and Anthony Richardson right next to each other. Actually, I can drop that picture in your Twitter DM so you don't have to go searching. But it's it's important. I saw a score and- posted. Yeah, I've got something a little bit more in depth, and I'm sending it right now to you. Hopefully, it's easy for you to throw up on the screen. Um, One of the things with relative athletic scores, it tells you, in theory, how good an athlete is compared to his peers at that position. And if you have a player that's going to switch positions, you can switch um, what position that you're having it register in with just a little click. And if you want to measure Anthony Richardson as a wide receiver, a defensive end, or any player, you can have it compared. Richardson was elite in pretty much every category. 
elite 40, elite 10 and 20 yard splits, phenomenal vertical and broad jumps, records for the quarterback position. Records. And um, here's something interesting that's literally just coming in. Um, apparently, KJ Osborne helped pull a man from a burning car on Sunday night before carrying his, him to safety and helped save his life. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, like that is that's that's really cool. I need to get this. Um, well, see you if that. anybody I'll can post write this up. Course. For people to look at, here we go. Dante Culpepper compared to Anthony Richardson. And that's amazing about uh, K.J. Osborne. Hopefully he wasn't hurt in the process. But uh, that's what we want in the way of, you know, people – around the world, whether they're on a football team or not, willing to uh, put their own lives in danger to save others. Now, if you look at this RAS score, you see how well Dante Culpepper scored. Overall, 9.98. Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson has set the mark now at 10. That is so, amazing. So those top scores, like this is a percentile. So a 10 – is a hundredth percentile. Dante Culpepper, 99.8 percentile. So basically, you just want to move the decimal point one over, and that's the percentile. Culpepper, at the time, was the most athletic quarterback that had ever come out in the draft. What was different about him, he had a cannon for an arm and was incredibly accurate. Now, for Richardson, Richardson flashes the ability to be accurate, but he's not yet. Uh, not in any kind of consistency. And he can throw the ball as far or farther than Josh Allen. One of the reasons why like he is so intriguing is because you can see a true development arc where he could just be an elite quarterback within two to three years. Here's why this matters. So when you take a look at these numbers, as you see in the bottom right corner, on, on their own, like, whoa, that guy's a great athlete. But just being a great athlete doesn't, do anything to your draft stock. It just tells individuals, hey, this is somebody that we can work with. Now what's their technical side? You have to pair these numbers with what you see on film. On film, I had Anthony Richardson as a, like, I gave him a grade that was equivalent to a low first round grade. I don't, with my film grades, do a lot of projection-based scoring. I don't, Tell the people how I, people that evaluate draft picks fall into basically two categories. The ones that grade what they did in college, and the others are the projectors, what they think they will do mm-hmm. in the pros. Yeah, and this is kind of how I do it. I do it based on what I see on tape, and I try to take what I see on tape and project that out. You're like, okay, this guy does this really well on tape. I believe he can do it at the NFL level on tape because of how well technique wise and consistency wise he does it in college. Okay. Now, when I see numbers like Anthony Richardson's, I bumped him up. He went from my quarterback three to my quarterback two, because this isn't just a really good athlete. I thought he was a really good athlete. The guy did standing backflips on, on the field for Florida. 
what really impressed me was these numbers are give you a generational ceiling. Everybody in the scouting community talks about John Elway and Andrew Luck are the two best quarterbacks to ever come out. They were sure things, perfect scores. Like you, you hear those things. John Elway, Hall of Fame career. In my opinion, the second best quarterback of all time. Andrew Luck, on a trajectory to be a Hall of Famer. Mitigating circumstances happened. He ended up retiring because he fell out of love with football and injuries did not help. He was on that path. Mm-hmm. So you have sure things. And what the combine will do is it will confirm or challenge what your priors were. I did not realize Anthony Richardson was this good of an athlete. And to me, being a great athlete, the quarterback position does not take you up. Like it does not make you a great prospect, but it gives you a much higher ceiling. So all of a sudden, Anthony Richardson went from potentially like, ah, he can probably be a pro bowler. Like you have this kind of testing paired with the on like absolutely incredible traits. Anthony Richardson has a generational prospect type ceiling. And when you have those abilities that you already have with, hey, the arm talent and the ability to make make a home run play from anywhere on the field doing literally anything, you add in elite level athleticism. That can take you from being a really good prospect to a great one. That is how you use the combine. You also use it in the other way. Clark Phillips, cornerback out of Utah. I had him as a first-round grade. I bumped him down to a second-round grade because he had a very subpar day of athletic testing. If he would have been just a little bit better, I don't move him at all. But I now have more concerns with him as an athlete than I did before because you're you're using these athletic scores to project. And that, that gives me some concern. So that's how you should use the combine. It's not like, oh... Anthony Richardson, like I tweeted, Anthony Richardson it, making his case for the first overall pick. He just ran a 4-4. It's not as simple as black and white. It's taking the fact that he had he just finished a generational day of testing and paired it with what I saw on film. That is what will matter to general managers. That is what matters to scouts. That is what matters to me. You want to use this, this information to make a better judgment about what these players will be. That's all it is. It's not as simple as, and this is the argument I was, Dave, I was having with Jason. It's not that his day of testing will make him the first overall pick. It's that when you, when you see this on top of the scouting report you already have, that can be like, okay, this guy's got the highest ceiling in the class. Maybe I should take him there. That's what a day like this will do, and it's, it's truly remarkable. That I agree with you wholeheartedly, and the fact that his tape and his mobility in that tape matches what we saw there, and we know that a mobile quarterback likes to work, or the league's going to more of a mobile quarterback. Anthony Richardson compares himself to Lamar Jackson and uh, Cam Newton. I also he used see to call himself Cam Jackson. And I like to see Dante Culpepper, you know, when I look at his stuff. 
it's it's a good comp to look at what his potential could be. And I think it's even higher than Dante was. And we wanted Dante to last forever until he blew up his knee. So. Mm-hmm. And that, that was kind of like the Teddy injury. Slightly different circumstances, kind of same result. Um, but let's kind of move on. I wanted to at least touch on that because it was a it was huge all over the timeline. People were coming at me for it, and I, I felt like I at least owed an explanation. But it also kind of projects forward because now this is what you see from the combine, and you're going to see more players' stocks go up and down because of how well they tested. And uh, let's also put it this way. It matters to Kwesi Dolfo Mensa. Last year, 10-yard split was the thing. So I even tweeted out a list. There were 13 players that had a 10-yard split of 1.5 seconds or better. And I think he's going to probably, if he's going to go corner, he's going to prioritize one of those guys because they're super quick. A lot of those guys tested real, real fast, as you can imagine. DJ Turner out of Michigan, 1.47 10-yard split, 4.2640. And the guy can cover. He's not like a Trey Wayne's track star corner. He can cover. And those things matter. But what matters more from the combine, arguably, is conversations. You have conversations, David, with agents. You have conversations with players. You have conversations with other general managers. And you get a sense for a lot of different things. One of the things coming out of it, Dave, was that we kind of had a sense of who was going to be gone and the first domino fell today with Eric Hendricks. Um, he got released earlier today. One of two Vikings linebackers to ever be a first team all pro. The other one being Matt Blair. Look, it's truly unfortunate that his, he wasn't able to finish his career in purple, but he was making, he was going to have an almost $11.5 million cap hit. His play had declined he wasn't able to keep up with the speed anymore. It's just one of those deals. It is what it is. We wish him all the best. He was tremendous for the Vikings in purple. But this is what happens when you have guys above the age of 30. And, Dave, I don't think it's done. If you go on Vikings Wire today, just a couple hours ago, our very own Judd Zolgad, Score North, also writes for the Vikings Wire. Make sure you go check it out, vikingswire.usatoday.com. Wrote up. Uh, kind of a synopsis of that. And it's also trying to predict what else is going to happen. What else are we going to see from the Minnesota Vikings as far as roster moves? So he projects out Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, Dalvin Cook, and Zadarius Smith. And right now he only has one of those guys returning to the Vikings. It's going to be interesting because it also came out today that uh, what over the cap was projecting was off by $744,000. So the Vikings essentially gained that much cap space as far as what our perceptions were. So the Vikings ended up being, whatchamacallit, um, they're now like $14.9 million I was about to say, we're around like $15 million over the cap that we still need to get below. And then we need space below that mm-hmm. to sign free agents. Be it Dalvin Tomlinson, if they want Patrick Peterson back, uh, if they want C.J. Ham back, all those have to be figured in. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what I'm saying. Um, that uh, that number has changed now because the 
they overshot the likely to be earned incentives. Um, so our functioning cap, instead of what over the cap had was they were functioning off of like 220 million that, and now it's like 221.6 or something like that. Um, I'd have to pull up my exact, uh, the exact numbers from the article I wrote earlier today, but that's kind of what we're looking at We're we actually in theory gained a little cap space today, Dave, not just from Eric Hendrick. <laughs> well, they need um, to gain a lot more because you're looking at, uh, extensions most likely for Daniil Hunter. Uh, you want to do a, obviously an extension for JJ. However, that money probably wouldn't hit this year. Um, you can play with Brian O'Neill's contract a little bit more to free up a little bit of space, but there are going to be some tough decisions that have to be made. Now, since Eric Kendricks meant so much to this franchise, I think today, telling him today he, that he was released was a favor to him. It kept him as the primary person in the news cycle. You saw that Quasi, Kevin O'Connell, and the Wilfs all put out statements on him being gone and how much they appreciated him being here and what a great guy he is, the whole works. Fans loved him. It, it's, it's, it's a classy way of letting him go and hitting the market a little early so that other teams that are in need of linebackers – can look at him and say, yeah, I want him. We're targeting him. So it improves his ability to get a job with another team that was, you know, a classy and a very much a favor way of the Vikings doing it. I expect, you know, I applaud them for doing that. I expect we don't hear any more cuts today. I think they'll let that ride for at least 24 hours. And then we're going to start hearing a lot more. I agree. And I think it's a really classy move to, one, give it the day to breathe. Mm-hmm. And my guess is Eric Hendricks was not informed of this this morning. He was probably informed earlier. And it's really cool that they're, hey, you can go hit free agency early. You've earned that from this organization because of how much you've given to us. I thought that was a really cool uh, thing that they did, and they obviously had a a lot of people speaking very highly of him on the way out. That how that was released. Obviously, it's PR spin, but you don't have to do that. That's right. not that's not the kind of PR spin that you have to do to save your ass. That's something you're doing to be good on the way out, to take care of your players, to tell them how much you meant to us. That's why this team was got the number one grade in team report cards from the NFL Players Association. Like, mm-hmm. it's this kind of stuff. You're taking care and being respectful to your talent. And in 10 to 15 years, he might be invited back to be put in the ring of honor. It's He's that type of individual. So I think I think it's a very good way to do it. I saw there was another player on another team that found out via Twitter today that he was released. That is an example of how not to do it. So, it was a nice move by the Vikings, Ryan. I agree. Yeah, it just great A organization right now. And we'll see if they were able to continue that. One thing I want to discuss, Dave, uh, before we end up going to the mock draft. 
I think we should talk about quarterback contracts and the, just the state of them right now. Um, Derek Carr just signed a new deal, four years, $140 million, average annual value of 35 It's essentially a three-year, $100 million contract because I don't think that he's ever going to get that $50 million salary for 2026. Um, and what's his name? Geno Smith just signed three years, $105 million. Average annual value, $35 million. $52 million up front in some capacity. Where does that leave the Vikings and Kirk Cousins? I think this is something that, that you should be having a conversation about because if Geno Smith is getting this and then Derek Carr is getting this, Kirk Cousins is probably going to look at it and be like, well, I was arguably better than both of those guys last year. He was definitely better than Carr. You can argue he was better than Geno, or, or at least you could argue the other way. I think Kirk was better than Geno last year, but it's it's at least a discussion. Does Kirk just go to front office and be like, no, I want I want 40, or I want 45, because these guys are getting this. I'm better than both of them. And I think with how – I don't know if they're contentious or strained in any way, shape, or form right now as far as what we're looking at with the discussions between management and Kirk Cousins. But I can say this much. It's we're at some form of standstill. Is it financials? Is it how much? How many years? Does Quasi Dofomensa just want to roll with him next year and figure it out down the line? Like, there's a lot of interesting elements at play here, and another variable added to the mix, Dave, is the fact that quarterback salaries are, quite frankly, kind of absurd, and Kirk Cousins likely is going to be asking for even more money. Mm-hmm. But you gotta take like Darren and I talked about this weekend. You've got to take in a, into account his age, and he's mm-hmm. at that point where quarterbacks start to decline. Normal quarterbacks start to decline, not the abnormal outliers like Tom Brady or even Aaron Rodgers. It's he's at that point, so. Vikings have a decision. And the easiest one is just do nothing and let him ride out the year. Mm-hmm. Yes, Aaron, he's no Brady. Not even close. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this ends up working out. If I had to place money on anything right now, I don't think Kirk Cousins signs an extension. I think he plays out the last year of his deal. Or... There's, I, I don't think there's as much chance of this happening. But if the Vikings just say, no, we're not paying you that much money for an extension, I wonder if Kirk gives, gives the Vikings permission to seek a trade and see if somebody else will give him an extension on that money. Because it's not like Kirk is 30 years old anymore and he can go on one, two-year deals. He's going to turn 35. And getting a long-term deal now makes more sense than ever because going one-year deals – 35 historically is when quarterbacks end up kind of regressing. It's just a fact of life. When will Kirk regress? I don't know. Um, Raymond, I, I here's the thing. You have guys like Brady and Rodgers that are playing well. 
we don't know that Kirk is going to be like those guys as far as longevity. It's also that those guys have had a lot more raw talent than Kirk does. So when Kirk loses his raw talent at, let's say, the same or even a faster pace, it's going to hinder him more earlier. And I think all those things factor in with each other. Um, I'm not comfortable giving a big-time extension to a guy who's always been a fringe top-10 quarterback. Like, that, like especially because he's always wanted full guarantees on everything, and even the two-year extension he signed. There was no way the Vikings were not going to guarantee that money because they had to cut him with a $45 million dead cap hit before that rest of that vested. So it was essentially fully guaranteed. Like, if you can give him a five-year deal worth $120 million, guarantee 75 of it, something like that, okay, like, then now we're talking. You're talking flexibility you're talking not paying him just buku bucks but that's not how that works anymore like kirk's not going to take a discount like like phil rivers is only getting 20 million when the market's at 30 same with drew Brees, except he was getting 25 like these guys are still getting relative market value and i just don't see cousins being the guy who's going to be willing to play ball and that's kind of why i think it's either going to be write it out or it's going to be hey um, we'll let another team give you that contract because we're not willing to. But it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, but enough about uh, Kirky boy. Dave, it's Monday. You know what that means. Mock it draft means Monday. It's time to mock. Welcome to the Real Forno Show's Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Welcome back. It is time. Mock Draft Monday. We're going to do a... Dave, let's, let's do all the picks. Let's, let's go through five rounds. Okay. I gotta see where my dog is. I don't know where my dog is. Cool. He, he can't get downstairs, so it's it's not the end of the world. All right, so we're we're gonna just gonna kind of free ball approach this. Um, last year we we're doing a lot of different mock drafts, and I think we're gonna continue to do different mock drafts. But we're not just going to focus on. Hey, we're going to only do this style. We're gonna let the board come to us, and we're gonna kind of decide. And how we get there is going to be fun. Are you ready to start? I'm ready to mock. Bears are on the clock. Okay. This is who is available. All right, let's take a look-see. Let's see. Clyde Jacansi, who tested in a very similar light to Anthony Richardson. This dude at 281 pounds ran a 4.6740. Absurd. Dalton Kincaid. Um, look, 
you could argue a guy like Kincaid, and then you could be super weird and flexible with Kincaid and Hawkinson, but um, I don't think the Vikings will end up going that route. I will eat my words if I'm wrong. Um, Dave, who are, who wants to trade with us? We will look. We have the Dallas Cowboys, number one. And then comes... I'd have to... There we go. Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, and the L.A. Rams. Let's let's talk to Houston. Let's see what we can get done. Maybe we can pick up uh, if they have a compensatory third. Um, they have two thirds actually. Let's see if we can get thirty-three and seventy-three. Well, let's try thirty-three and sixty-five. Okay. I don't think that they're going to take that, which is why I went. Oh, okay. Well, I stand corrected. All right, so we're we're moving down 10 spots, and we picked up a pick at the top of the third round. All right. Top Clifford, this one we're not going to trade up for a, a QB because they're already gone. Um, okay. So. We got Deontay Banks, uh, Will McDonald. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit. Josh Downs, Dewan Jones, Tanner McKee. I'm not touching Tanner McKee. Um, we can talk about that another day. Felix Anadike Uzama, BJ Ojolari, who I really like. I like Ojolari a lot. If you remember his brother Aziz, who's the New York Giant, they're basically carbon copies. Um, Diane Henley, I like a lot in like uh, another round. Um, <laughs> added to me, I had a Boware. Um, I, I love that dude. 282 pounds ran like a four, four, nine 40. And, oh, he's, she's just an, he's just a monster. Um, I think here that the pick is going to be Deontay banks banks, um, ran a four, three, five, 40 jumped 40 inches, broad jumped over 11 feet. This dude is a, an athletic freak, he, and he plays angry at the line of scrimmage and press coverage. Uh, I think he's a perfect fit for what Brian Flores wants to do, and he fills a need, and I think that's important. All right, so we're back here at 65. Look, I, I'm going to make this pick real easy. Add it to me, Adeboware. I, I know I said that last name wrong. Um. No, you picked Felix. What are you doing? I did? Yeah. Oh, well. I don't think we'll, we'll go back. No, you can't. Um, but we'll just pretend. Okay. Raymond, I don't think he's better than Joey Porter Jr. I think he's more realistic for the Vikings to take than Joey Porter Jr. Um, I think that's kind of the best way to frame that discussion. Um, I like Nathaniel Dell. But it's something to remember with the Vikings is last year they only um, took Power 5 schools. So Big 10, Pac-12, Big 12, SEC, ACC. They did not take anybody from like the ACC, the MAC, Mountain West, um, the Sun Belt, and there's a in Conference USA. They didn't take any of those guys. So as much as I love Tank Dell, it's probably not going to happen. So let's just try and have some realism here. Um, Sydney Brown's an interesting one. We already have, we already got a corner. Um, 
I don't know if Sidney Brown is necessarily going to be a really good um, slot. I have not been able to watch his tape. Here's what we're going to do. We're we're just we're going to be stupid. We're going to double down here, Dave. We're going to take Julius Brents, cornerback, Kansas State. Here's why we're taking Brents. I actually bumped him up from a mid-second to a late first. This guy, it's 6'3", 200 pounds. Jumped 42 inches. Broad jump 11'6". Second biggest broad jump ever. And then ran a, a slight, like a 4'4", 940. At 6'3", he's got... Arms as long as fines, and he plays great in both zone and man coverage. He's not going to be available here when they update the simulator. I think Brents could go round one. But this cornerback class, after the top three, it's going to be weird how they come off the board. You could have one of those guys available at the top of round three and it wouldn't shock me. Okay. Now we're looking. Now what about Dorian Williams? I like Dorian Williams a lot, but we're going to focus on power five guys because that's that's the trend that the Vikings have at least shown us over the course of year one. They prioritize power five players. So I think Tank Bigsby's a guy we can look at. We already got a defensive lineman. We have two corners as well. So <clears throat> I kind of want to look at maybe offense. I think Kendry Miller's an interesting option. Uh, Parker Washington is too, but... I don't know how his skill set necessarily meshes with what we have. Um, Deuce Vaughn's a guy I love, um, but he's more of a change of pace back because he's Dave. He's five foot five. He is literally the shortest guy ever measured at the combine. But Dave, no, hold on, don't, don't shake your head. Unless guy, he's a kick returner, I don't care. He can pass block defensive linemen. I still don't care. That's pass blocking in college. That's not pass blocking in the NFL where you've got guys from Daniil Hunter on one side, Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle. Bullshit. I, no way. They're going to run over him. I'd run over him. When you have how the good strength, he is. the leverage, and the effort, that translates to the NFL. That's one of the easiest things as a running back that you can take to the <laughs> National Football League is pass blocking. That's why they view it so importantly at the college level. But we won't get into a fight <laughs> about a five foot five running back um, as much as I loved his tape. Um, let's let's do this. Let's look. Let's take a look at Tank Bigsby from Auburn. I think this is a guy that the Vikings will would like. He can do a little bit of everything. He's a bigger back, but he's not slow. He's uh, you can kind of look at some of his. Um, some of his numbers, five and a half yards of carry this past year. Um, look, Auburn's offense stunk, and Bigsby was still really good. Um, you don't love that it was only 976 yards, but he didn't even hit 200 carries. This guy can ball. And I like that he can do a little bit of everything, which is, I think, what the Vikings will prioritize. So we're going to go ahead and take Tank Bigsby, and that's going to be our next running back of your Minnesota Vikings. I do like Ibrahim, um, Aaron. I think you could still take him later, especially with two running backs leaving your room. This is what hurts. Carl Brooks is still on the board. I love Carl Brooks. 
He's like a 300-pound edge rusher with bend. If he can bend at 300 pounds. But the Vikings won't take him. Um, and that's what really stings here. Um, let's keep scrolling down. Um, we got D-line. We got corner. We got two corners, actually. Mm-hmm. All right, here. We're going to take a receiver. Jalen Moreno Cropper. Known as a guy to be quick and really savvy with his routes. Ran a 4-4. And really made me reevaluate what type of player he is. Because I don't think he was necessarily used well enough to be have that speed be incorporated. Um, really, really impressive. Um, I, I, I loved it. I loved his game, and now I think he's got an even higher ceiling because he's not just a four or five guy. He's not going to be, hey, um, just a slot player. I think you can do a little bit more with him. And at four four, yeah, give me Jalen Moreno Cropper. All right, we got one more pick left. Dave wants the round bellies. Oh, hell yeah. We need a center, damn it. <laughs> if, you, if you need a center, I, I – damn it, he's played at Troy. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know anything about Juice Scruggs, but the name is absolutely elite. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and take Juice Scruggs. Well, let's look at his numbers. Uh, 14 more. pressures allowed this past year, one of those being a sack on 480 pass blocking snaps. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Scrugs it is. We needed a we needed a center. He's not 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> yes, we have this horse jockey. Just won the Triple Crown. He's going to play running back for us. Weighs 97 pounds, dripping wet. But boy, can he fly. Hey, I'll take that. I like, I like fast. I like the ability to go zoom, zoom. I like it in kick returners. I have a problem with it at running back, though. Hey, no, I like fast zoom zooms at running back. I also like some size at running back. Yeah, that's true. Um, And PFF is taking forever to analyze our score. (laughs) We blew them up. They can't handle how good we draft, Dave. They just well, and I even hit the wrong button on that one, so they're probably going. (laughs) Well, if I'll watch this, if this ever comes back up, we're going back to the other screen because it's just spinning and say, "Hey," like a part of Twitter today that decided not to work. Oh, yeah, that was fun. 
Well, Twitter came out, said they updated something, and unfortunately it broke something else they didn't anticipate. And that's what software testing is for. Yes, that's true. Trust me, I've been in software development. That's exactly what software testing is for. I had a guy selling us on the new new system, and he comes up to me and goes, Dave, we tested it all. There's no way you can break it. And you broke it, didn't you? Within three commands, boom, blew it up. And he's like, what the hell did you do? I said, I just did my process. I took an airplane, I broke it, and then I went to, you know, load a, a part or something against it, and it said, no, and shut down the whole database. Odie. Oh, and it's still spinning. So we may not get the results of this before the end of this show, folks. But I do want to thank everybody that's joined us. Aaron, my worthless opinion, of course, what a great name. Uh, GMAC, of course, one of the greats. That ear. Um, Troy, thank you for joining us. And we did get you your center. Clifford, we love you, brother. Even though we may disagree on Kirk Cousins. And everybody else that has joined, Raymond, of course, P&G, we love your show as well. And it's still spinning. Who is the next show or next shoe to drop? Who's going to be the next cut? Who's your money on? Jordan Hicks or Adam Thielen? Um, those would be my two. Um, I, If Thielen's willing to take a pay cut, which – you too, I don't believe I don't believe he will be because I think it's less about money and more about opportunity, and he's just not going to get opportunity with this yeah. organization anymore. Um, they traded for Hawkinson because Thielen wasn't doing the job, and I think he's going to be the one to go. Um, it would be nice if we could get him to take like a four or five million dollar pay cut, and he still gets like a six and a half million dollar base salary, and then we cut him last year and incurred less dead cap. I just don't see that being plausible. I think Thielen's going to be gone. We're only going to save $6.9 million, have 13 dead cap, and we'll just have to live with it. I agree. And they'll do something nice yeah. with him too. But I think his, yeah. he's, his ego's up there. And there's going to be some team that's going to love him. And he would be benefit many teams in the league. It's just that when you have the best receiver in the league on your team, and you want to get as much production, you know, shares of the ball that it seems he wants, it's not going to happen. So it'll be a good move for both, both sides. So I think it's going to happen. We shall see. Pride of Detroit Lakes, you got that right. Don't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, which the all indications are they've had enough with him. They're getting rid of him. Um. He goes to Green Bay. Or he oh, may follow wherever wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, which may be the Jets. The only two teams to the left in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes are the Jets and the Raiders. Yeah. Well, Dave, it's going to be a very interesting week. Next week, we will have a live show. The week after, we will be in touch. 
it is likely that our show will be moved to Wednesday or potentially Thursday. We will we will let you know because it, it all depends on when I get back and because I'll be in Arizona for a week and yada, yada, bing, bang. But we will communicate with you and let you kind of know what's going on. Um, I don't feel like we should do a recorded show because there's going to be so much new information no. that needs to be talked about with free agency. So that's that's how we're going to play it. In the meantime, thank you very much for joining us. I know we're ending a couple minutes early, but that's all we have for you today. Well, if folks haven't seen it, Vikings Happy Hour went on this morning with Ryan and Miles to talk when the news came out of the Eric Kendricks release. They gave their opinions on it. You're not going to see Matt Anderson because he's in Arizona now vacationing, and he brought the snow down there with it. So <laughs> good for Matt. But anyways, if you haven't seen that already, go to Climb the Pocket YouTube page. Look it up. It's there. It's good things. And, of course, on Saturday you always get uh, Darren and myself, your two old bloggers, as we close in on our 200th show. That's pretty awesome, Dave. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we got tonight. That is all we got tonight. And meantime, for Dave, for our sponsors, that's Badass Wood Art and Lake Monster Brewing. I'm Tyler. Skull Vikings, baby. Big round of applause for KJ Osborne. People we like in our lives and alike that we know play for our team. And as always, making your Mondays purple, Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody! Skull, everybody!